0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey everybody, it's Don LaGreca with the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. How is everybody doing? It's been a while since we've spoken, and there is so much going on in the world of the NHL. But let's try to hit the most latest news that we can hear, and that was last night with the Rangers acquiring Ryan Reeves for a third-round pick with the Golden Knights and it's it's so funny because you know doing the Michael K show and of course Michael K is not a hockey fan and when that Tom Wilson thing happened with the Capitals there was so much conversation about the place for fighting and toughness and enforcers and I always defended it by saying, you know, the league is getting away from that because there aren't many Ryan Reeves in the league anymore. Meaning guys that can drop the gloves, have a physical presence, but you're not embarrassed to put on the ice and play on the fourth line who can score some big goals and do some things for you. You know, so the day of the goon is over, but there's so few Ryan Reeves in the world. Well, guess what? The Rangers got the one guy that can be the enforcer, but also be able to play some minutes on a fourth line. That right now looks like it's going to be ruining in the middle with Blay and Reeves and that's pretty good for a fourth line maybe play 10-15 minutes possess the puck throw bodies around and with all the acquisitions the Rangers have made give them credit whether you agree with it or not changes were made within the Rangers organization because of how they got beat up by the Islanders and the Capitals at the end of the season the Matt Martin elbow into the face of Jad not answered. Panarin thrown to the ice by Tom Wilson not really answered until you had that embarrassing spectacle of the line brawls the next time that they played. It, 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 you need something in the moment. And it can't be Artemi Panarin jumping on Tom Wilson. It's got to be Tom Wilson saying, I can't touch Panarin or Bushnevich or whoever because I know I'm going to have to answer the bell to a, to a guy that's going to really... Give it to me. And the Rangers really, outside of Rooney, didn't have that last year. And it cost jobs. And now you've seen Chris Drury go out and transform this team into a team that is going to be very, very difficult to play with. At the bare minimum... The feeling was that the Rangers were an easy team to play when it came to physicality. That is no more. As I mentioned, that fourth line with Rooney, Blay, if he plays on it, Barron, we'll see. Reeves is going to be there. They went out and got Jared Tenorti as a seventh defenseman that they can easily dress on the third pair. He's six foot five. He has fought in this league a bunch of times. You know, so when he's been in Boston and when he's been in Montreal, so there are going to be moments where the Rangers can dress a Tenorti, dress a Reeves, and say, all right, come get some. And that's what it really comes down to. Now, there's going to be times when they play finesse teams where there's not a lot of tough guys, where maybe Reeves takes a break, and obviously Tenorti won't play but clearly the toughness. Nemeth coming in to replace Smith, also a guy that isn't afraid of the physicality. So they have transformed this roster into an easy team to play against physically, more of a finesse team, not getting your face. I've called a ton of games with uh, with Dave Maloney over the years, and the one thing the Rangers have been, as entertaining as they've been, as good as they've been at times, it's a team that really doesn't mix it up, doesn't really hold other teams accountable those days are over. Now, are the Rangers done? Because at the end of the day, you got to outscore your opponent, right? At the end of the day, you got to be a better team. So what happens with Zibanejad? Are they going to be in on Eichel? But right now, they have transformed their bottom two lines. You bring in a Goudreau from Tampa. So they've got guys that have won. Blay was big for the St. Louis Blues when they won the Cup in 2019. You know how good Goudreau has been for the, uh, the Lightning in their last two championships. So, Little subtle changes that don't look like they're earth-shattering as far as you know your fantasy league or guys that are going to lead the league in points. But when the Rangers come to town or you go to Madison Square Garden, clearly there is a different vibe around this team. And I think Reeves is going to be a fan favorite because he holds uh, teams accountable. He's a fun guy. You know, He's played in the Stanley Cup Final, played a ton of minutes in the postseason. All these things are very very good. Now, the Islanders haven't done anything yet. Everybody assumed that Suter and Parisi were going to be here. Are they in on Tarasenko? Many thought that they would be in on Saad before he went to St. Louis. Lou is very patient. Remember, Lou is not in panic mode. Lou knows he's got Anders Lee coming back. Lou knows he's been banging on the door going to a game six and a game seven and back-to-back years in the third round. So he's just being very deliberate, very careful. And that's always the way Lou has been. I think it's got to be in Lou we trust. So I think a lot of people just thought there was going to be a major splash a couple of days ago when free agency opened. As of this recording, which is 10 minutes to 1 Eastern time on Friday, we have not heard anything significant from the Islanders yet. But we'll see if that indeed does happen. Devils staying local here for just a second. The Dougie Hamilton deal, seven years, $9 million per. It's a lot of money. But let me tell you something about the Devils, okay? This team has been limited offensively for years. This team has been abysmal on the power play for years. Dougie Hamilton changes that. This is a guy that is going to be among the lead leaders in shots on goal. He's a guy that's going to be a great point man on the power play. Maybe you get a little bit more out of Subban now. Now, it costs them Butcher, but it's still worth it. This is a nice, nice, nice signing for the New Jersey Devils, and it looks like Tommy Fitzgerald is ready to kind of speed up the rebuild here, so we'll see what else they decide to do, but right now, it's a good, fun, young team. Uh, Bernier, I think, will be in the mix to be a starting goaltender for this team. He'll push Blackwood, he'll push Wedgwood, and the Devils got themselves a real stud offensively on the blue line. This is a guy that's going to be a Norris Trophy-caliber player. This is different than Subban. I think the Devils realized they were getting Subban at the end. They're getting Dougie Hamilton in his prime. So I really like what the Devils have been doing so far in this offseason. They still have a lot of work to do to get into the playoffs, but right now you got to feel pretty good about the Dougie Hamilton signing And At some point during that contract, they believe they're going to be contenders. All right, I don't know what you take at all from the comments from the Buffalo Sabres general manager Kevin Adams about feeling no pressure to trade Eichel he is going to get traded it's just a matter of when and it's a matter of where but he is going to get traded he's done in Buffalo the thing is, everybody's wondering if he's going to have the surgery, which has never been performed on an NHL player before, which might cost him the regular season. So does a team make a deal for Eichel? And looking at 2021-2022, the way Tampa looked at Kucherov, the way a team may look at Tarasenko if they eventually make the deal. But you got to be careful because the cap hit's going to come. Just ask Tampa, you know, with the players that they've lost, having the trade Goudreau, losing Tyler Johnson, you know, so... You're going to have to pay the piper at some point, but I think the teams are kind of just waiting to see what Eichel is going to do. And one of those teams, staying local for a second, the New York Rangers, because they can't have Zabanajad and Eichel. But are the Rangers in a position to throw next year away by being lightest center as you're waiting for Eichel to come back? Now, if you look at everything evenly without the injury, you'd rather have Eichel than Zabanajad. He's younger, and I think he's a little bit—he's a better player. He's a more consistent player but you know, Zamba's a at 29 years old. So there's a, there's a difference between, you know, certainly the two players when it comes to that standpoint. But the Eichel injury is the X factor. So what will the Rangers do? Just stick with Zambanageat and just go with there, Kreider the money that he has, Panarin hopefully plays in every game and think you're good enough offensively there. The Rangers did re up Heedle. So they feel like they're set as far as having bodies at the center position. But Eichel's very intriguing, and I'm not sure where it's going to end up going. So as we sit here right now, and this will be our final podcast for a while because I'm going to go on vacation for the next couple of weeks, and we'll reconvene later on in August. So right now, the low-hanging fruit as we get ready for the summer is going to be where Tarasenko and Eichel go. But uh, that's where we stand as far as those things are concerned. Ovechkin re-ups with Washington. No surprise there. If he stays healthy, he's going to break Gretzky's record. I just think he's going to. All he'll have to do is average, I think, what, 33 goals for the length of the contract, which he certainly can do to get to 894. He sits at 730 goals now. Now, listen, he's not Wayne Gretzky, but the fact that anybody can come close to break him that record is going to be pretty, pretty phenomenal. So as we get ready, again, still no Zdeno Chara signing. Still no Casey Zizekas. Um, There are still um, Kasha, David Krejci, Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parise, a lot of different names that are out there. Nick Ritchie. Nick Ritchie was rumored to go to the Rangers. Parise obviously rumored to go to the Islanders. Palmieri's future with the Islanders possible. What's Joe Thornton going to do at 42 years old? Does he re-up with the Leafs? Does he go back to San Jose? So all those things are kind of an open book. But I wanted to be able to close uh, this segment of Game misconduct Conduct out and hear from you at, at Don LaGreca hashtag Game Misconduct. Again, we were going to try to do this on Wednesday, but it just seemed futile. Uh, the signings were coming so fast and furious that it just didn't make a lot of sense. It wouldn't have stayed evergreen for very long. Uh, even this podcast today can change in mere seconds. As soon as we're done recording, I'm sure Anthony's going to tell me that like six players signed or Tarasenko and Eichel got traded, but the chances of that happening back on Wednesday were far greater than I think they are today. So let's hear from you and Haywood, who's been a big fan of the podcast, tweets out, looks like the Rangers are going with grit. Is that going too far the other way from speed and finesse with getting Reeves to and Gaudreau? No, because again, it's all about lines, right? And what you are on that given line. Their top two lines can skate. All right, you've got Panarin, you've got probably Zabanajad, Kreider, Lafreniere, Kako, Heedle, but then you start getting down to you know the fourth line guys and. You know, nobody has a fourth line that can fly. You know, you're but you want guys that are going to shut down the other opponent, throw some toughness. I think the Rangers have done a good thing here of kind of reconfiguring their toughness, but it really not come at the expense of their speed and finesse. I mean, I, I called a lot of games where Kevin Rooney was the center of a line that you know possessed the puck in the offensive zone and got some opportunities, but you know, not too many fourth lines are going to remind anybody of you know uh, the the top lines in Boston or or Colorado. But you've got to be able to roll four lines with everybody having... Uh, the ability to do their job and to be able to match lines and and that's what this Ranger team is going to try to do and and I like their fourth line against any other fourth line in the NHL and listen drill played in some big games scored some big goals so you know the question is 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 Kreider a third line guy is Krafts off a guy you feel comfortable moving to a second line all that will be worked out by Gerard Gallant during the course of the season but I don't think it's coming really at the expense of anything. Uh David Hines says just wanted to share. Tyler Johnson had his day with the Stanley Cup yesterday and I got to see it in person. The sheer awe of it was incredible. That is really cool, man. I love when people get to see the cup for the first time. And and I'll retweet this here if you guys want a chance to see it uh, from David. He sent a picture of the cup and uh that's pretty cool. It was in Spokane and, and he got a chance to see it. That's awesome. Uh Chris says, I'm thrilled with the what Fletcher has done with the flyer moves. I like that Ellis, uh, Atkinson, Rutzelainen have all worn an A in their previous teams and will contribute on the ice. I don't get the Jones signing should Chuck have pursued a better backup. Here's the thing with Martin Jones. Over the last three years, he's had an 896 save percentage, but he's also been on a very limited San Jose Shark team. So you're going to have a better defensive team in Philadelphia. I think he's a fine backup to replace Elliott. He is not going to challenge Hart. Hart's your number one goaltender. This is finally the year I think it comes together for him. So I do like I love Atkinson. I was a fan with him uh in um in, in Columbus. Ellis is a, is a great addition to that blue line as well. I really liked what Philadelphia has done in the offseason. With the current ranger roster, this is Sam Diaz, they have Panarin, Kreider, La on the left. Which of those guys will join Kako on the right side? Do you think Kraftsoff will be the number two right winger, or perhaps they'll package these guys for a top right winger? What do you think is Drury's next move? Well, that's a great question. I think there's still more for this team to do, but I got to tell you, they're high on Kraftsoff, and I am too. And Kreider sometimes can be a little bit uh, frustrating when it comes to. Um, being consistent. Kako is still a work in progress as well. Remember, Kako was robbed of the end of his rookie season because of the pandemic, got robbed of, uh, of a really uh, big training camp in that second year and then limited to the, just the 56 games and even less because he had COVID. So this is a big third year for Kako as well. But those are nice dilemmas to have because those are good young players, but every indication to me the is the Kraft's off is maybe ready to take that next step this is an interesting one from Michael do you think the Islanders will bring back Howie Rose for a game with their 50th anniversary season (laughs) I don't know um, what's Howie's appetite to do that obviously Howie's a part of their tradition having you know when you look at their 50-year anniversary and Howie was a play-by-play voice for 20 of them I don't know what they plan on doing but I'm sure Howie would love the opportunity to come back in some sort of a capacity. Uh, Dwayne says, did the Rangers realize that they overpaid a bunch of guys who may not have been able to beat Wilson clean in a fight or worse, lose, and decide to trade a third rounder for Reeves so they didn't look like bigger <laughs> schmucks? Listen, Tenortis fought Wilson before. Don't See, people got to realize something. You don't get points for winning the fight. I mean, you get points for, sh- for showing up. That was the that was the frustrating thing about why the Rangers and their lack of a response in the moment. What happened with Wilson is that you just want to be able to hold these players accountable, and Reeves was all part of the plan anyway. But you just want to be you can't you can't have everything around. You know how do we beat Tom Wilson? You only play him five times during the course of the year, so it's not like oh my God, you know we we got to play this guy you know seventeen times during the course of the year, or even guaranteed to play him in the postseason. But it's just don't be hard, don't be, just don't be easy to play against. So it's not about, oh, who's going to beat up Tom Wilson? It's just who's going to hold Tom Wilson accountable? And a guy like Tenorti, a guy like Reeves is going to be able to do that, even if Wilson eventually wins the fight. But you know what? That was nothing. To give up a third-round pick, um, I think that was a really good move for the Rangers, and I'm sure that was probably in their back pocket the whole time, too, knowing that they were going to be able to make that deal. Uh, Richard says, hey, Don, do you think that Gortz – would have made um, essentially the same moves Drury had made or is Drury taking the lack of grit to a higher level? It's a great question. I always thought from the very beginning that John Davidson, Jeff Gordon, and even David Quinn as the head coach would have addressed these, these issues. There was a lot of talk that they didn't try to do that at the trading deadline. I don't know what was even available to make that happen. And a lot of the incidents, like the elbow from Martin, like what happened with Tom Wilson, came after the deadline. So I would like to think that Gorton, who basically built the Boston Bruins, and I think they did a heck of a job with the Rangers, would have been able to address these scenes the same thing Chris Drury did. But, you know, I don't know how deep it went. I don't know how many years they've been pestering Gorton to do these things. But clearly. They have moved into a different direction, but that's the $64,000 question. Could Jeff Gordon have done this? And we just don't know. I think he could have. Dan says, sure, seems like Lou is trying to get a deal done for Tarasenko before locking up his own. Will be interesting to see if they can get it done without being a roster player? Does Tarasenko mean no Parisi, no room for both and Paul Palmieri? I wouldn't think so. And and that's an excellent point by you, Dan, that you just wonder, hey, listen, where's Palmieri going? Where's Parisi going? A lot of people believe they want to be out on the island, and so they're willing to wait to see what happens with Tarasenko. That kind of tells me if they bring in Tarasenko, they probably lose out on Palmieri and Parisi, which I think is fine because, again, league is coming back, Tarasenko comes in, it kind of makes those players expendable. Now, if you don't get Tarasenko, you keep Palmieri and you keep Parisi, um, for the obvious reasons of the grit and there are tons of experience especially Parisi in the playoffs but Tarasenko is just that kind of level player where I'm not sure you'll be able to have all three of those guys in the fold at the same time BJ Davis says the Canes are still in need of another top six forward who is left on the market that would fit the bill Brought, thought Brandon Sod would have been a perfect fit and you know they were in on him but he went to St. Louis good question I think Carolina is very, very close. You wonder what's going to happen with a Parisi, what's going to happen with a Palmieri if they don't go uh, to the Islanders. David Krejci certainly is somebody that I think fits that bill from an offensive standpoint. I've always been a fan of Tomas Tatar. Uh, he's a player that's available. Again, none of these things are going to move the earth, but I give Brenda Moore credit. He gets a lot out of his players. So you wonder if any of those players that you kind of feel like are limited offensively wouldn't have great years there uh, in Carolina. Anthony says, hey, Don, what are your thoughts on the Devils moves, Hamilton, Bernier, and do you think they are done or will make more moves? Now, they're not done, but again, they're not a playoff team either. This is a very methodic, slow rebuild. It's going to take some time. So uh, they're not done, but I'm not 100% sure that everything that they're going to do is going to happen uh, this year. Shining Wizards Kevin says Tom Fitzgerald says he will still try to find a top six forward other than uh, the ideal Tarasenko. Who do you think the devil's will should target? You know, there's been some rumblings that maybe they would get Parisi um, to come back. Um, you know, Paul Murray was somebody they didn't really want to leave when he got traded to the Islanders originally, because, but he understood the writing on the wall that they were in a rebuild. There's plenty of players, like I said, to get. But you want to try to make sure that you get the right fit here because, again, nothing that they do, I think, is going to get them to make the playoffs. Going back to the old format, they're not going to be able to dance with, uh, with the Carolinas and the Washingtons and the Pittsburghs. You know, Philadelphia is going to be better. The Rangers are going to be better. You know, so I don't think they're making the playoffs no matter what they do. You know, the Islanders, so you're locked into your top four, right? Islanders are making the playoffs. Carolina is making the playoffs. Washington's making the playoffs. You would think Pittsburgh is going to make the playoffs. So now you're fighting for a wild card, and when you look at the other division with Florida as a playoff team, clearly the the, the Tampa Bay Lightning or you know Corey Perry goes back there, doesn't make up for all that they lost, but they still were a very good team anyway with a championship-caliber goaltender. Boston, you know they're moving on from Rask. It looks like, but they still have quality goaltending. They've kind of flipped the script there with uh, with H- with Halak and and R- on, but they're still a very very good team. Montreal's the defending conf- defending champions of the uh, conference, whatever. Not the East, but you know what I'm talking. about. I went to the Stanley Cup final last year, so they're not making the playoffs this year. So you can't get too crazy when you start bringing in older players like a Parisi that. All right, you bring him in, and he's good for a couple of years, and just when you're ready to turn the corner, he's probably going to retire. He's been in this league for 17 years. Crazy, got drafted in 2003. Dick says, thoughts on the Stars' offseason moves. look like after signing the wonder boy, Ryan Suter, the Stars are in a place to earn uh, your finals prediction again. What are your thoughts on Suter as a star? I I love him. I mean, he's obviously older now. Uh, But I think he's a great fit there in Dallas. I think Holpe is a great – got so many goaltenders there now. You wonder – they obviously can't be done. They can't have all four of those goaltenders, you know, at least last check. So I I love what Dallas has done. I I really think that's a very, very good team, and I think they're going to be in contention again, uh, no question. But uh, I I, I am a big uh, Suter fan. I like the things that they've done here uh, during the offseason. Let's see. Troy says, your thoughts on the flurry trade – do you think the commentary from NHL Network was on point? Do you think Flurry's agent was out of line to rake Vanco- uh, Vegas's management over the, coils, uh, after, over the coals after they had pulled the, the boar last year? I don't know what the NHL um, Network said about it. Um, he didn't want to leave Vegas, obviously. I think he's going to end up retiring. I'm really not sure what the heck Chicago's doing. You know, we had Dan Rosen on earlier in the week. You know, the money that they ended up giving Jones, they're still somewhat in a rebuild. Um, their goaltending situation, if Flurry doesn't play, is in flux. Uh, I don't know what Flurry's going to end up doing. I'd hate to see a guy win the Besner Trophy, 37 years old, and retire just because he doesn't want to be someplace. I'm really intrigued to see him stay in Chicago and see what they can do. Remember, Chicago, the first half of the season, was a playoff team. And then it kind of bottomed out for them. So, with a flurry in the fold and with Jones, I think they overpaid for him, but he's still a good defenseman. That, you know, and cer- certainly we'll see what happens with Jonathan Taves, but I would think Chicago could be in competition for a playoff spot. But without flurry, it becomes very. Very interesting. All right, this was a lot of fun. We hadn't done it in a while. There's still so much up in the air, but like I said, I'm going to go on vacation for a couple of weeks, so I won't be around. If you want to get in touch with me, I'll still have my phone. I'll still be following everything that's going on in the NHL. At Don Lagreca. hashtag game misconduct always the way to get in touch with me there. Uh, but we'll probably come back in a couple of weeks, kind of survey the landscape, because by the time I come back from vacation, we get into the second half of August, you know, we're only a handful of weeks before we get to training camp, and I would think a lot of the free agent stuff would be done by then. So we could probably just get kind of a state of where we are and then I can give you the lay of the land on on, uh, what the schedule is going to be for this upcoming season and training camps and all that stuff because it's going to be here before you know it. Today's July 30th. And uh, free agency is pretty much over. The expansion draft is done. The entry draft is done. And the next time uh, there's going to be any kind of movement outside of the few players' signings and trades is going to be, believe it or not, camps opening again. And it looks like the NHL is going to go to the Olympics. Mike Sullivan's been named Team USA coach. Canada's very close to naming their coach. So it looks like the schedule that that has been released will probably be the schedule moving forward unless negotiations fall through. But it looks like we're going to be going to the Olympics, so we're kind of set. Now we just got to wait for camps to open and get hockey going again. So please, enjoy the rest of your summer. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. We'll figure out uh, what the next podcast will be then. I'll tweet it out, give you an update, give you an alert. But you guys are the best. This has been such a fun season. The, The interaction has been absolutely tremendous. This is a labor of love for me, made so much easier by all of the interaction we get from all the great fans. And it's a great fix for me because I can't go this in-depth on The Michael K. Show the way I can on the podcast. And none of this could possibly happen without Anthony Pusic, who's done a great job producing this, editing all my coughs over the last couple of weeks booking guests and just kind of just being there helping this uh computer illiterate person get a podcast up for everybody to listen to i still don't know how he does it so thanks to anthony thanks to everybody out there all the guests we've had all year and especially the weekly with ej raddick we will talk to you again at some point enjoy the rest of your summer this was the friday edition of game misconduct this is the game misconduct podcast with don mcgreca